Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bucks on Podcast. We are the best POD in the 313. Coming off of two close losses this week. Did they sting a little? Yeah, they did. But hopefully they will all be worth it on lottery night. A tip-in from Wendell Carter Jr. in Orlando and what seemed like a heartbreaker at home against Toronto. But we're going to try to put that all of that aside for the most part today. We want to throw at you guys some of our initial post-All-Star game thoughts. We have two games under our belt, as I just mentioned. So we want to talk about you know, what we think those two games can indicate and how the rest of the season will play out. We'll start with Valley because he's the first one on my screen. What are your, some of your initial thoughts post-All-Star break? The main thing for me was, was Jaden Ivey's play, more particularly in, in that first game against Orlando, where he knocked down five out of seven threes. He dropped 25 points. And it just got me thinking, like, I kind of against the duel against Paolo Banquero. I was wondering if it's too late to push the narrative Ivy's way. Um, he followed it up with a nice, nice 10 and 10 performance, despite not shooting well. The question, like, I, or at least what I took away is I think Jaden Ivy is going to be the best player in his class. And I think it's going to be by a pretty sizable margin. Ooh, hot take. Hot take. I mean, he has been playing well for sure. We'll have to see, like, I think Greg had mentioned it, you know, teams are adjusting to Paolo, so let's see how Paolo adjusts back, because as he's displayed, he's got game. Just two quotes real quick of, of something that's getting me even on board with with what Ivy said. Um, first one um, was, before we played the Magic, Dwayne Casey said, uh, in the morning shoot-around in the Amway Center, that the staff of the Amway Center had to kick Jaden Jaden Ivy off the court because he was taking too long in his shoot-around. Some real Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality stuff. And then um, after the game, Jaden Ivey said, they were going under me all game and I was confused. I work on my game every day. I felt like they were disrespecting me a little bit. <laughs> Combine that with a really good performance and another solid performance and just the fact, the it factor he has about him when, uh, when he plays. The more reason why I, why I decide that he's going to be the best player in his class. Connie, you and your impressions after the All-Star break. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking Jaden Ivey, like I think I'm at my, I'm my absolute my current to this point peak for uh, my opinion on Jaden Ivey and where oh, yeah. what I think he is and what I think he can be. Um, what has like surprised me so much or I blown me away is that jump shot. Like, I guess it's a bad time to say, cause last game he went three for 16 and uh, you know, didn't shoot great, but I thought there was a period where teams were just going under and he was just clanking those threes, but those threes are starting to really like tune in. And along with that, so is the, the, the midi, that sort of uh, second level game, uh, which unlocks the three, which unlocks the layup. Uh, if he can become a legitimate, like three level scorer and a three level score that has to be respected three levels, uh, like truly the sky is the limit because if, as I said, the hard work, the hard work, the jump shot. And if you combine that with just like his best skill, which is his like physical attributes, Jay Nevy has Valley said best player in his class potential. I think going forward, when this team might actually be good, I think Jaden Ivey might be the best player on the team. Oh, Ooh. we're coming Just out of the game hot after the All Star break. <laughs> and that's nothing against Cade. I I think they're both gonna be great, but I think with I was, the physical tools. I was, just I was thinking of a similar thing in terms of just like. I was texting my buddy Jake. I'm like, yo, I think this guy's going to be like a career or like a season 25 plus point per game scorer for a while. And I was like, 
is that too low 25 and it got me thinking like how would things look then like would would Cade you know obviously stack up some more assists and other stuff uh, I'm all for that though I, I really am and I, I do see the potential in Jaden Ivey being the best player on this team watching him grow this season like they, they say development is slow it's crazy just watching like last year we got to watch Cade and this year we get to watch Ivy and Duran. We got to watch Killian for three years, but that's besides the point. <laughs> you see these guys constantly developing as each game, each day goes on, each move, new move they add to their repertoire, how consistent they can become. Ivy has until this most recent game into, uh, against Toronto. But I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm at the same hype level as you guys are, and I'd love to be there. But I'm definitely on the train of, I mean, I knew he was going to be good, but he's each each time I watch him, I just there's like a new level unlocked of what I think he could actually be. Yeah, uh, like he he's always prone to make a cool play, but recently I think every game he's made one or two passes where I'm like, whoa, that that was a point guard's pass. That was a pass that doesn't get thrown on this team. That was a a no look drop off pass in the pick and roll to a dunker. That was like finding the roller over a man. And sometimes it's a turnover, but the playmaking, like just like every aspect of his game, except for the defense has come across, has come along so well this season. The best ability a player can have is the willingness to improve. And that that man has the willingness to improve. And let's, I hope it translates to the defensive end at some point as well. Yeah. And, you know, talking about passing that pass Ivy made to Diallo, like, that was that was pretty sweet. The Pistons actually had three of the NBA's top ten plays yesterday, so Ooh. four if you count Livers getting crossed over. But that I, I don't think that we're, we're going talking to about that. Yeah, <laughs> it never happened. Plays. But Gabe has joined the show. Uh, Gabe, we've just been talking about uh, Jaden Ivy and how uh, actually I'm gonna let Valley and Connie hype him up. They they did a much better job than I did. So why don't you guys hype up Jaden one more time? <laughs> Uh, Valley said best possibility to be the, come the best player in his class. I say he has a possibility to become the best player on this team, like flat out when we're good, including Cade Cunningham. Uh, I would agree with Valley on that only because I watched a Cade Cunningham hi- highlight video today and he's insane. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, main point coming into this podcast was the post all-star, how good Ivy has looked compared to his running mate next to him. Which I don't know if you've gotten into that yet. No, but we can. We okay, we, we can. can. Yeah, like Ivy's blossoming here into passing, scoring, shooting, mid-range game off screens is what Killian just is not. It's just rough to see right now. He's getting roasted on defense as well on every switch, and like I thought the most good since the break though. I, I yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. It's, the like the most annoying thing to me is when I see Wiseman post up or like be under the rim for a lob and Killian just doesn't look for them. <laughs> he, I don't know why he's a he can make that pass. He's this, just not doing it. It was a pass. We saw him throwing consistent oops to Isaiah Stewart his rookie year, and we, yeah. we remember those as Pistons head fanatics. We remember those oops very fondly. But like looks to me like he he. 
he doesn't look for it at all anymore. The only passes this man makes, except very rarely, are around the perimeter. Like, he'll have the pick and roll. He'll have the big roll in. He'll look him off to kick it to Bo Bonner, which, like, sure, you get a three-pointer out. But, like, you could call him a connective piece. I asked you guys this. What does Killian Hayes add on the offensive end that, like, any other player can't add? I mean, those closing lineups, I'd love Livers or Burks instead of Killian with just let Ivy run the point. Because he doesn't shoot. He, I guess he plays okay defense. So but every he, switch. I like, like I see him burned, get burned a lot. And he gives yeah. up a lot of good ones. Maybe that's because we're so willing to switch, leave him on an island. But either way, uh, I feel like I see him get burned a lot. Uh, they say he's a passer, but like those passes never – he'll hit a cutter. He doesn't uh, create. Yeah, there, he's not, it's not creative, and it's not, like, connective enough. Like, Josh Giddy, for instance, isn't, I guess, like, a huge time creator. He creates a little bit, but he does it mostly with passing. But he passes to the point where it's, like, guys start cutting because of the way he passes. They're, like, if I make this move, I will get the ball. Killian is not that dangerous with his pass. He's not dangerous with the creation. He's just a guy that will move the ball from point A to point B after – putting a couple of dribbles down and that the and the offense gets in like it's never very rare that his pass like actually creates offense it's just like get to the point where we start creating offense i think a big part of that is just the lack of offense because you can become especially in his his situation a better playmaker should you attract more of more players because you're a threat to score the ball and we've seen that in flashes we've seen that when his shot is falling when he is confident um i'm gonna say that three game stretch i'm trying to think uh, I got a game in Charlotte, for example, he hit six threes in, seven threes in, and he got 25-26, and he looked great because he was a threat to score, a threat to shoot. Uh, I think if that isn't there, it's so hard to consistently do that, and that's why we see flashes of it. Uh, I will agree that there's no reason he still can't hit the lob because the lob has been on many times. Um, and they, Ivy instantly have an impact with Wiseman. Those guys have connected multiple times for, for freebies. Um, love to see that more from Killian Hayes. Absolutely, but I think it just it so much of it comes with the scoring um, and becoming a threat. But on the defensive part, I I honestly completely disagree. Um, especially the second half of the All Star break, I think he's been really good, especially in situations when switched. Um, you know, he'll get like Jakob Purtle on him, and like you know, no guard in the league is going to be able to get a stop or get a rebound in that situation. Um, but I thought still against Toronto, obviously he was matched up with a lot of against a lot of bigger guys because they were out with they were without Van Vliet, only running their six eight lineup. Raptors shot 37% that game. Um, I had a pretty good job when switched on, on Barnes on multiple occasions. Um, and I think switching wise off of screen, he does get caught a lot. Um, I mean, you've said you don't like the way he, he comes off those screens quite a bit, but his rotations, I think, have really set him apart. And I think that's still a big reason why he's he's getting these minutes. And the hope is that sometime <laughs> the, the offense will eventually play. Offense is turning down it's getting further and further he yeah. has he has like ben simmons syndrome but he never had the high of ben simmons there was one very clear one where he beat Jakob put off the dribble he's under the rim turns around and two hand passes it out of bounds like literally if he's just straight because he doesn't trust himself to make the layup and if you don't trust yourself to make the layup, the other team's for sure not trusting you to make the layup. So they'll just play you for the pass. So even when he does, like I always complain, he never puts two feet in the paint. Even when he does now put two feet in the paint, he's not even looking at the hoop. And so it's just, it be, it ruins the point of it being two feet in the paint because it doesn't shift the defense because they know 
you guys not doing anything with it? Um, if I was all time high on Ivy, I'm all time low on Killian right now. I don't blame you. I mean, last pod pod before, right? Like you got on that Killian bandwagon and he was playing really well. He gave everyone all this hope. And then all of a sudden he reverts not only back to how he was, but in some ways it's almost worse because we, we were up so high on him. It was, oh my God, is this the guy that we've been waiting for? And now he's back to, I don't even want to say square one because it seems like it's worse than that. Six shots in total against Toronto. Like if you want to be a point guard in the NBA, you can't just take six shots and make one of them. And the only shot he made was, uh, I think, yeah, he only made yeah. one three. I mean, you have three. Yeah, he had three points. That's simple math. But he's got to be better. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks now. He, I think it was in Orlando. I know you missed that game, Connie. But I think uh, in the beginning of Orlando, he got back to his spot again. He he snaked the screen, got into the middle, and shot his little fade midi thing. And it was a high arcing shot, but it went down. So I thought that that was the start of him coming back around. But then he just reverted back to his old ways again. I, like you said, I don't know if he's got Ben Simmons syndrome. I don't know if he's fatigued. I don't know if he's way too worried about his job because RJ Hampton came in. I have no idea what it is, but uh, he better figure it out quick. Because like I said on the last part, he's got, last time I said he's got 23 games left in his NBA career. He's done to 21. So clock's a ticking on Killian Hayes. Yeah. Uh, Dern's still hurt. That's unfortunate. Yeah, he did I, not I was look really healthy. Looking forward to. Yeah, he, he did not look good in Orlando. Uh, but uh, I had a note on Wiseman. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this too, but he was in the pick and roll. He did a really nice job defending it. He kept the ball in front of him, and he prevented his guy from getting behind him. I can only think of one play over the last two games where he let his big foot behind him, and that was Pirtle. Like, I can only think of it one time. You guys notice it at all? Yeah, he 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 does a good job because like he just puts his hands up on the mm-hmm. guard and the guard like he's so tall, like the guard slows down usually so he just backs up with his hands up. I mean like it changes if you're playing against like I don't know a higher tier point guard than Marco Fultz, who's a good player, but he does his damage at the rim. He's not like a if you give him too much space he'll pull poor. But yeah, mm-hmm. he he's honestly like defensively. It's weird to say his IQ has been better there than offensively at times, I think, of what, what I've seen. I, and offensively, I think he did a terrible job of getting position for boards. Even in general, just boards in general. He, I, I don't think he does kind of weak. Job. Yeah, he's that kind of weak. soft. I mean, he also hasn't been playing. Uh, yeah, you know, no, it's the Getting it's on the early. boards, it takes a like to get on the offensive board, to get on the defensive board, it takes a lot of effort to fight around those box outs and battle with people. Um, when we see come more, uh, so he started, I was looking at, I mean, I was box score watching that Orlando game. I was, I was, I was preoccupied, but he had zero points in the first half and didn't hit a shot and then did all his damage in the second. Uh, did y'all see any difference in what he was getting first to second? Jaden Ivey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of it was down to, to Jaden Ivey tracking the deal up. Shoot. I mean, that, that is another great point. Like, it's because of Jaden I that he got points. I I cannot wait. You guys say that he needs to, like, work on his offense and his smarts on offense. I can't wait for him to play with Cade. Like, Agreed. 100%. As, oh, my God. And then put him out there and, like, just play the baggy role with, like, 
with Cade picking and rolling. Cade will get him in better spots down low, I think. Uh, those drop-offs, it'll all I'll just replace those Hayes minutes with Cade minutes. And Zooey, this might be a good team. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I was watching Cade highlights, like Gabe was saying. So I, I was watching some Cade highlights. And then I got into the draft, and I saw Amen Thompson. And I was like, just imagine having another 6'8 ball handler on this team. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I love Wemby. I want Wemby. I love Scoot. I want Scoot. But if we're thinking more, like, realistic, we're probably not going to get the one or two pick. But imagine having so you, a guy. You like, got to manifest it. Yeah. I know. I, I, I mean, you know, the, the Wiseman trade kind of brought me back to reality, right? Like, bringing in Wiseman is kind of like planning for a future without Wemby, right? You're not expecting to get it. And it's hard to get it, right? Like, we went from 1970 to 2020 without getting it. We went, like, 50 years without getting the one pick. Yeah, it's a lot right? more likely to not get it. It's an 85% chance that you don't get the one pick. Exactly, right? right? But, but but the NBA is rigging to bring Detroit basketball back. That's why they gave us Kate and Jaden, and they're going to oh, get yeah. sure. Hey, if the NBA wants to rig it in Detroit's favor, I'm all for it. But I mean, in my the, lifetime, I've barely seen it. So. The Sacramento Kings <laughs> gave us Jaden Ivey. This is true. <laughs> that was a fun this is comment. true. They traded Jaden Ivey for a playoff run. So, I mean, it, it kind of worked out for them in the long run, in the short run. Anyway. But I, I I can't wait to see what Cade brings to this team. Just um, he speeds up, slows down, just never is always under control. It's going to be super exciting watching him, Ivy, uh, future draft pick, Wiseman, Duran, all on the floor together. Like, I, I can't wait for that. Um, um, I wait screens that Stewart would always do for Cade. Yeah, yeah, like I would. I yeah, the legal screens. I wish he just like, if it feels like Ivy doesn't like have those yeah. opportunities. Wiseman, Stewart, Duran, they're all like large enough. Ivy can explode off a little bit of space. I would love to, because like he's proven his kind of like slow down defender on the back thing now, like. That, that should be implemented, I think. Mm-hmm. And if Ali said, Ivy said he feels disrespected. If a guy starts coming up and showing high on the screen, Ivy did it a lot in college. He can split the screen and get straight to the rim. So I'm super excited to see what Ivy does, but I agree with you, Gabe. I want to see more highway screen set. It got Kate how many easy layups last year. And for a guy like Ivy who, you know, lives around the rim, like, seemed like an you guys know in the nine games in February, Ivy is 42% from three, 18 for 43. Paulo is 3.6. <laughs> is that before? Because he shot awful against Toronto. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited. Yeah. He, he's for sure bringing excitement to the city. Um, Bagley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he just looks quick. He looks good. That's all I gotta say. I'm usually not a fan, but he looked really good. He was actually running in transition. I was like totally surprised. I did like a triple take. I'm like, was that Bagley running? Yeah. Uh, for a hammer too. I feel like every time one of our guys goes for a hammer, it never goes through. Kind of impressive. Like Tommy has a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> Livers had a huge dunk. That was disgusting. I don't. I don't think you were on for it, Gabe. But I said. Uh, we had like four um, on ESPN or on the NBA top 10 plays like yesterday nice. from that game. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. But yeah, um, that Marvin Bagley looked spry 
and like 11 offensive rebounds against Poodle, against that humongous Raptors team. I mean, we were breaking shots left and right, so the offensive rebounds were there to be had. But you still got to go get him. And I thought he looked much more aggressive uh, to the hoop. He still didn't shoot a great, crazy percentage, but I thought he looked a lot more aggressive going to the hoop off of his own action than he uh, than he has this season. So it's worth $13 million if he plays I like think this. Dave said that in the chat. I agree. 100%. I really wish he uh, – I know I wanted to lose that game, but I wanted him to hit that running hook to try to tie the game and take the lead just, just for his sake. That, that was more of the, the beggar that I expected. I, I was upset with that shot selection. Yeah, I was upset with it too. Yeah, it was a bad shot. Um, but in this game, I thought it was once again spectacular. Um, getting cross-eyed. And he, I thought he played really well on both ends. Um, he's been shooting the three very well since the since the restart. Three for five in Orlando. Um, three for four this time out in Toronto. Um, and the more he plays, the more he gets acclimated into, into our system. I think I could see him starting next season. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I came, I guess, with a little bit of a take for Ivy. Then I'll say with Livers, I think Livers starts at small forward next season. Um, proving the shot is looking really good. And, and what a dunk that was, man. What a poster. <laughs> that, that might be the poster of the season for us. I think so. Um, a bogey, as Connie said. I, I think, um, I think we, we could see the possibility of, of moving bogey over the summer if there's a better yeah, offer that comes. That I think, I hate to say it, but this team might make more sense with Livers and Bogey starting. Livers, Bogey, and a center. Uh, and or what about two, three. Bogey what about four. Livers at the at like the two, like like a take care. Uh, I mean, I would prefer, like. I mean, if we're talking about the future of this team, like next year, stuff. I mean, I want Jaden Ivey and I want Cade Cunningham out there. Yeah, of course. I'd like two shorting, shooting wings and then a center. I Duran at the five, yeah. Seeing more from Stewart, um, I think his creation ability and his, like, pizzazz off the bounce leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, he, he throws a nice pass. Or he, uh, he throws a nice pass, but he also falls over a lot. And losing the ball. Yeah. Ever since he started <laughs> mentioning it, I've noticed it so much more. Every time he just like starts to drive, he just falls over. How about a uh, how about <laughs> Stu's poster though too, huh? Oh, that was a nice yeah. poster. But I see him as a bench and a circumstance starter. Whereas I feel like Cade, Ivy, and then interchangeable livers and bogey at the forwards plus a center, either Duran, Wiseman, Wembanyama. Just makes a lot more sense as an NBA team. Like that's an NBA. That's how an NBA team is set up. Uh, yeah. If Stu's shooting thirty-eight percent though next year, I mean, sure. Enough. If Stu's really hitting, you can put him out there. But I think I, that is a lot more switchable too. As much as we love to say that switch, that Stu can go one to five. I used to be like against people saying, "Say Stu is a he's a good he's going to be a good bench player because I've been so high on Stu." And I'm still so high on Stu that that doesn't change. But I, I do think I'm more realistically seeing his future now as the backup, um, even if he isn't that well. Like we see Grant Williams, he doesn't start for Boston um, unless in circumstances, which could be the exact same case for Stewart. And I think that's a role he'll play, kind of like a Al Horford, Grant Williams hybrid mix. Um, would, would be a role off the bench for him. An Al Horford, shooting, yeah. Mix. Is an yeah. insanely good player, man. Yeah, and I think uh, he's gonna be insane. I mean, we can touch on it more towards the off season, but like, 
with Sadiq out, who do you want to give that $20 million contract to? I know Gabe said he would give Sadiq that $20 million, but Connie, Valley, who, who would you guys prefer to give that $20 million to? I mean, um, on our team currently? Our team, restricted free agency, off the top of your head. I mean, I don't know when we have to pay all our guys, but I'd love to pay Livers because we're not going to have to pay him that amount. Uh, you probably get a pretty team-friendly contract with him. I mean, definitely just to to keep the the money to to pay other guys on the team that are going to need it. Um, I would love you around for long term, and I'm I'm sure Troy Weaver will. Um, I would love to send him early. Yeah, I, I hope we extend him early. That's what I was going to say because it'd be interesting to see what kind of deal we get, but. I would give him like obviously like three four years range from ten to fifteen million. I think uh, we can offer the this is the off season where we can extend that offer right that mm-hmm. yeah Did we have them for another year yeah I think we should try the front office should try oh, to get yeah. two because I think right now you probably get him on a pretty team friendly deal again because he hasn't really made that impact. Uh, I think there's no shot killing that extension like. No he's going to have to play for it until his contract runs out and then we'll sign him as a free agent. But like he has done nothing to deserve that extension. No, not, not to this point. I mean, he did something, but he like, we don't know if that was a fluke or not. You guys be opposed to bringing in a guy like Grant Williams? No, no. whatsoever. I think, I think yes, only because we have such a glut of like big men. That's what I was. I was wondering which one of you would say because that was my concern too. But every time I watch him, I'm like, we'll figure it out. Like he's too talented offensively. He's he's good. Uh, yes or no? No, no. He's a Jeremy Grant. (laughs) I've been splitting hairs on that one since the report came out. I I don't know how I feel about that. I think that would depend on how our draft works out. Like, if we get a good draft pick, like, if it is one or two, I wouldn't mind bringing Grant back and just being, like, competitive. Win. Yeah. Because yeah. then it'd be, yeah, two, our two guards, whatever top two guy comes in, if it is Wemby, and then just, like, a bunch of good forwards, that's a – make it of a good team. I saw this question online. Um, did you guys trade Cade Cunningham for this year's one pick? Yeah. No. Nope. What? Guys, like, I'm more sure about Cade than I am about Wemby being healthy. <laughs> wow. This is this is this is a homer take. Sorry guys. Like <laughs> Cade Cade, I mean I love Cade. Um Cade is a guaranteed like all like all NBA teamer. No, he's not. He's not he's pretty much is. Like, he put up what twenty six and six on an injured leg. That's with like that's no Kojo starting next to me. But it guarantees you're gonna have a, a seven foot five, seven eight wingspan monstrosity with the with agility, and like if we talk about Ivy as a guy who um wants better, have you guys looked like seen how yeah. uh, what what Victor does to prep? This man He's is stretching twelve yeah. hours of sleep a night. Has apparently cut down. I I saw I if you listen to the latest low post, they talked about this. Where he's apparently cut his his uh, his his group down. He's only listening to like a few advisors. He has a small group. All he does is get like is get better at basketball and maintain his body. 
And I think like now is as good a time as any. I think now is the best time ever to be a humongous guy. Because like now is the, the we've like to this point, the peak of sports science and um, how more about how the body recovers and what to do that he's not, he's, he's not Ralph Sampson. He's not Chris Tops. Like he's different, man. Uh, and I think like everybody says, dude's the best, possibly the best NBA prospect ever. Um, yeah. And as much as I love Cade, I would do it in a heartbeat. I could never bring myself to do it in a heartbeat. Like you could sell me on Victor. Absolutely. Especially with the, I've seen so many videos of him taking one-legged threes off the dribble, um, which is ridiculous. You know, he just instantly gets it in that pocket. That's so high up that no one can reach. Um, but you know, I really, I've talked about this with Mike so much because he just loves to argue about it. Um, I think Cade Cunningham is like, I'm so high on him. I think he's still going to be a future hall of famer, uh, multiple time all-star, but most important, and, and Cade would say this most important, is he's going to win championships. Um, he just has that pedigree installed in him, it seems like. Um, and he's just uh, rejuvenation to Detroit. Um, everything he's bring, he's brought, um, buying into the culture so much. I just a leader. I couldn't bring myself to, to getting off of Cade. This is a guy with GOAT potential. Like, Victor Wimanyama, like, Cade? Cade has all-NBA <laughs> potential. Victor Wimanyama has, like, best NBA player ever potential. Potential. Potential, <laughs> potential to miss his first two years in the league because he gets an injury or something. Okay, you know who else has missed uh, their first ball <laughs> out of their first two years <laughs> of the career? Bad example. <laughs> Cade Cunningham. Well, no, he didn't. Okay. Right, Shiny factor. Is, is, is Wemby a vegan? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I, the question just, it, it's in my head. I, I think I would do it. I mean, I'm with Connie. He's, I love Cade. I, I love Cade. I love that he's on this team. But, like, just think about the potential upside of, of Wemby. I mean, it's a potential versus potential battle. There's, there's no certainties here. But when, Wemby's just, he's, he's literally built different. Hey, I guess if it means we have an open guard spot for another French guard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess some things could be okay. Yeah, we're going to become the Detroit Pistons in a second. Uh, uh, I mean, we say it every week, so I think it's safe to say he's becoming pretty consistent. Yeah. It's, it's he's a guy. Hami can get some of that. Some of it, yeah. I want Hami on this team in the future. I want Hami on this team and we're good because I think he's super versatile guy that can be used in in playoffs in playoffs series in scenarios he yeah was- i mean, completely agree it, it's it's tough to come up with with new things that we haven't said about hamlet diallo because ever since what three four months ago he's just been on this this constant you know, linear upward trend um he's gonna get from him i was actually the other day um the other game when we had a slow start against toronto i don't know why it took him until two minutes left in the corner to check quarter to check into the game um, I think we had a like went to that point when we're struggling like that. That's a time, yeah. That's a scenario guy. You throw in Diallo, just an instant bundle of offense. I mean, and defense, high energy, but you know, he's going to dunk the ball, you know, he's going to get to the rack and put pressure on the rack as well. Um, love Hamadou's role. I would love to give him five to ten a year, I think would be reasonable for me for, for Diallo. Whenever he, he got mad, I think it was in that Toronto game. I was so hoping he'd just throw it down on somebody. 
I think he tried once, but he got stonewalled. It'll happen. It'll happen, yeah. Uh, Gabe, your thoughts on Diallo? I think five to ten might be a little low. I think he's starting to turn a few heads. I think he's going to like seven. I think ten is his low. I I I was thinking a very a very similar thing, but then uh by by his previous contract, but we signed him to a two year five million extension um after that, um and um so I not why not shock again? He's he still plays for Detroit, so it's not the most coverage about him. (laughs) Um, Hamadou Diallo on five thirty eight. Um like projected market value, five-year market value of 47 million. So just under 10 million a year. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I think he's worth it. Not in 2K, but in real life, he's definitely worth it. Uh, Shots. Yeah. It seems like he disappeared at times. Yeah. He probably went on vacation, isn't back yet. Yeah, Connie had the observation. Yeah, <laughs> back very ten. Uh, I'm not worried about Bogey. He'll start hitting him at some point again. He's gonna play the exact same game, or he's gonna and he's gonna make, or he's gonna miss shots. You think you think Bogey's the type of guy like Jokic to go back to like Croatia on his holiday, or he goes? No, maybe he's in southern. Uh, he looked like he was in the tropics. <laughs> I don't know if you can sunbathe. Uh, That's what I, I don't know. Early I don't spring, like Croatia. Uh, I think he. I think he's just gonna work his way back into it a little bit. I, w- I was thinking either that or um, we use an excuse to to rest him a little bit. Um, you know, yeah, some of those things, start livers and, you know, usual stuff we see as the uh, another season goes by, dwindling down. We took five shots against Toronto. Killing Hayes took six. So I think uh, that time of uh, the, uh, the injuries they've been keeping quiet all year are going to start popping up. Sure. Uh, any other thoughts? Three games this week. Uh, huge, huge start off the week with a, well, I mean, not playoff implications, but, you know, the closest thing we have to playoff implications, which is tank implications. Uh, we start off in Charlotte before coming home to play the Bulls, and then we boomerang back out of town, back to Cleveland. So I see two for sure losses cemented on the schedule, on this, um, but something tells me that I mean, I wouldn't mind beating because uh, they're on a four-game win streak. Uh, we are one game behind the Rockets and Spurs um, for the number. Uh, and Charlotte is four and a half games behind us. So even if we beat, it's not that big of a deal at this time. Uh, I, th- I think Bulls and Cavs lock it in. Yeah, Hornets. Uh, Gordon Hayward's been coming on a little bit recently, uh, and you know, for the stretches that he is actually healthy during the season, he's a pretty good player. So I'm gonna say zero and three. Okay. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm not sure who exactly we're gonna win against. I could see us beating Charlotte. I could see us beating Chicago. Well, they looked. They look a little bit. A little bit better with Beverly now. Um, they always destroy us. Um, so I'll say. I'll say one and two. I think we'll pick up a win this week. I do think a big Jaden Ivey game tomorrow. Huge. Yeah, I guess. No defense. Yeah. Yeah, I think well, one and two, I think we're going to beat Charlotte. Also, Mark Williams, he was number two big man on my draft board last year. He's starting to turn it on. He's a great player. You should watch him. If you're not, he dunks everything. And Who's to the earlier team? question you posed, I- Ivy, the best in the class. I still think Chet is going to be the best in the class. 
tell you that Kessler up there. Um, oh. And then, yeah, Bulls look good with uh, Beverly. They're up 50 points last game. And, yeah, Cavs is now automatic. I, um, I, I'm i predicting now's, now's the time to buy the stock. I'm predicting a solid killing week. We, we, he's played good against Charlotte. Charlotte sucks at defense. I'm predicting a 10-point-plus per game average this week. Whoa. Going huge. <laughs> Remember a week ago when you said he thought you thought he could average 14 for the rest of the season? <laughs> I do Go down. 14 for the season, 10 for the week. Just oh, week. Okay, I just predict a solid week with Kelly. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm I'm hopeful with you, man. I, I mean, he he's the guy I've really, you know, been um advocating for. I I've been on the um start, so I don't like being wrong, but sometimes you are. So I'm hoping he can uh, right the ship. Uh, agreed on Ivy. We'll have, he will calm down and play really well again tomorrow night um, in Charlotte. Any uh, crystal ball type for us today? Um, I mean, hater on the week. Hater of the week. If we're hating on somebody, it's Killian Hayes. He's, just, he's not an NBA player anymore. Uh, I guess I, I can't even really pick anything specific out. He's got to he's got to get better in like every category. To, to be good again. Uh, also, again, Wiseman, give me some deep post position ever, you know? Go get it. But then, like, there's no incentive to get it on this team because you know what happens when you get deep post position? The only person that'll pass it to you is Stewart. Alec Bricks has tried twice. I will say that. Bricks has tried a couple of times. Fine. But I feel like Stu is the most consistent guy in feeding yeah. our bigs because he's, like, the only one that gets it. Yeah, I'm like, sure I'm also- he gets it. I'm also a big minute for Um, uh, We'll become a part of the dog pound. No, no. I think there's a separate thing with him and Marvin Bagley because uh, James Edwards tweeted it not not too long ago that after uh, after the game, him and him and uh, Bagley and Wiseman were talking about post mooks and specifically post spins. I think they got their own little thing going on. Something, something and, and they both did it. Move. They both did it against Toronto. <laughs> they I, looked exactly like each other. I prefer him under a different influence. <laughs> oh, I do prefer him under the dog pound as well. <laughs> I'm I mean, to soft to be dog pound. Yeah, maybe is DeAndre Eaton syndrome. Yeah, but maybe that'll that'll get cooked out of him. You know, he's he's every day in practice. He's playing against his like. Yeah, imagine practicing against rival. Stewart, like him and Isaiah Stewart been beefing since high school, man. Like I bet those practices get pretty legit, and I might push some, uh, push some intensity, push some fire into him. Having a battle with Stewart, we practice. I, Wiseman doesn't have that look in his eye yet. I, I, I'm waiting for it. He, he still looks like a little kid out there. He doesn't look like he, he means it yet. I mean, when he looks like he means it, then it'll mean something. Then he'll be part of the dog pound. But for now, he looks like Marvin Bagley playing any other team other than Kings. He also needs a lineup. Yeah. His beard in his hair. But, but like Troy talked about, right, like how, how he's getting these bigs because they can make or break a game. Toronto could not handle our side yesterday at all. And I think, you know, I think the first play of the game we went to Wiseman, Co-plays later, we went to Wiseman. We saw what happened when we fed Bagley. I mean, if, if we can start feeding – I mean, Bagley took 19 shots, but that's beside the point. If we can start 
giving the bigs the basketball and letting them, when they actually get good position, do their thing. And if Killian can do it and if Ivy can do it and if Stu can actually tell the point guards how to actually be a point guard, I think it could be, it's going to be super scary. I don't know. I've, I've been rattling my brain since you mentioned it of names for Bagley and Wiseman, but no, I, I want Wiseman as part of the dog pound. So what's your, what's your week prediction? Mine was one and two. One and two, me too. Connie, what was yours? Oh, and three. Yeah. One and two. One and two. I, I think we're going to beat Charlotte. I don't have a feeling like we're going to blow that one. I just, I just don't. I have feelings sometimes, and I just don't say them, and they're normally right. So I'm saying it this time because I know I'm going to be wrong. And then we're going to go 0-3, and, and then I'll be happy. At the end. So... <laughs> Um, speaking of, like we're going to get the one pick, I'm speaking that into existence too. Uh, any other thoughts? Listen closely. I had teased it a few weeks ago and I didn't say anything because it's looking kind of iffy, but it went down. It happened. We have Motor City Cruise tickets for you guys. All you have to do is follow us, the Buffs on podcast, on at least one of our platforms, preferably all three, because you know you love us. And you got to follow the Motor City Cruise on Instagram as well. And DM us, tag a friend in the comments when I post the post. It will probably be up within the next two or three days. So keep an eye out for that. And you can get tickets to a Motor City Cruise game on March 24th in downtown Detroit. I've said it before. If you didn't hear it, it's a great experience. The arena is great. The sound system is amazing. When you walk in, you don't feel like you're walking into a college arena. It kind of has that. It doesn't feel like an MVA arena, of course. It won't, but it doesn't feel like you're walking into some no man's land. You're you're walking into a pretty nice arena. Uh, the atmosphere is great. The competition is fierce. Uh, so please follow us on Instagram at buffs underscore on underscore podcast, on Twitter at buffs on podcast, and on Facebook at buffs on pod. Don't forget to follow the crew, and you can earn free. I emphasize free tickets to Motor City Cruise game. So, I mean, if you don't like free stuff, then I don't know what to tell you. But until next time, and hopefully we'll see you at the cruise game, throw the buffs on Detroit. The future 